Hey, Prime members, you can listen to En La Sala ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Hola, familia. Welcome to En La Sala, a show where you join me, Eva Luna, in my living room to talk about all the real things happening in my life right now, in this changing world and in our community. I'm coming to you this week from Las Vegas, and today I have an incredible artist joining me to talk about representation in Hollywood. Leslie Grace, take a seat because we're about to spill the cafecito. It's very hard to process the magnitude of huge moments like this. It is such a privilege because there's so little opportunity for movies about our stories to make it. We do not see enough Afro-Latinos, Black Latinos in film. There's intersectionality within our community. These are, you know, things we haven't even tapped into seeing on screen. Okay, let's get into it. The topic today is Latinx representation in Hollywood because we know that it's harder to imagine ourselves achieving as a community if we don't see ourselves reflected in the media first. Without examples of what is possible and complex characters that we can look up to, it's almost impossible to imagine more for our lives, for our careers, and for our families. There is proof in how much the media can affect even the job opportunities we see for ourselves. The Associated Press did a study that showed more than 75% of forensic science students are women. This is believed to be a direct result of the CSI effect. An influx of women joining the field because of the influence of TV, documentaries, and crime series. I studied forensic science for about a semester because I loved criminal minds so much. This proves that what we see in the media really informs our views of ourselves. While we've seen a lot of growth in the last few years, there's still so much work we have to do to see change in representation in front of and behind the camera. And even the representation we do see doesn't always reflect the spectrum of beautiful people that make up the Latinx community. So often, the faces, names, and roles for Latinx people are reduced to a stereotype. We still don't get the amount of diverse roles as other cultures without a stereotypical spin on it. Another difficult fact is that anytime the community is handed an opportunity, it's not held to the same standard, financially or otherwise, because it's a Latinx project. And while we're grateful for any step forward, it's exhausting to feel like we're tiptoeing forward instead of making real strides for change. People might think we're ungrateful because we don't appreciate something small, but that's just because we know we deserve more. My hope is that by continuing these conversations about representation, we can come together to ask for that. Not out of a lack of gratitude, but out of an honest acknowledgement that we, as a community, deserve more. So let's talk about it. Familia, joining me now is the multi-talented singer, actress, star of In the Heights, and the new Batgirl, Leslie Grace. Leslie Grace, officially in La Sala Conmigo. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me in your busy schedule. Um, I want you to tell everyone where you're joining from. I just found out where you I am in Glasgow. Well, that's not how you say it, apparently here. Glasgow, Scotland. Um, and I'm shooting, well, we, we're about to start shooting in the next two weeks, Batgirl. So I'm training and I'll uh, get my butt kicked, learning how to kick some butt. Congratulations, because this is huge. Like, 
huge. I don't know if, for me, when, when I'm living something that's like this insane, I usually realize it after I live it, you know, and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, how are you, how are you living it? Like, do you, do you realize how huge this is right now? Or do you think you're going to like realize it a little bit further on? It was, it was really interesting when I first got the news, like it was obviously you, you do know, like, it's a big thing, you know? Um, but I think for me, it's kind of like, like what you just said, how you process things. Like it's very hard to process the magnitude of huge moments like this and accomplishments um, like this, especially when you're thinking about like the pra like practically what you're going to do and what you have to prepare for, you know, like you don't really, I personally don't like to spend too much time thinking about how big it is because it overwhelms me a little bit. So afterwards, I look back and, uh, and, and I'm like, dang, like, wow, that was a really big moment you know, um, but little by little, as we've been peeling back the on onions of um, what this film is going to be and how we're, you know, beginning to create who Batgirl is, all the moments, I'm like, oh my God, we're really doing this. Like, you're really doing this. So for you, what's your favorite part about being a hero? Like, Oof. have you learned, you know, the responsibility that comes with it? Yes, I'm definitely learning, learning it more and more in the process. And I knew, I think that was one of the first things that came to mind, even as I auditioned, I was like, well, if this is like a possibility, like there was a possibility that I get this, like I'm also very aware of like, you know, just the one in a million, you know, type of, of, of thing this is um, for a person in my position to take on a role like this. So. I was just like, that's gonna be a huge deal. Like, uh, not only for me, but also just to see that representation. And so the responsibility factor was the first thing that I thought of in my head. And just, it just adds to the motivation of wanting to do even more of a better job, you know, not only for you, but just because of what it will mean for every for everyone else that gets to see it. I don't think we see enough, uh, enough of, of us in, in a lot of different roles, but like a lot of Latine uh, representation in action, you know? And so I think it's gonna be really, really cool as a superhero to, to be that like thing for a lot of young people that are just like, I can do that. I can be a superhero. Like I can, I can learn martial arts. I can learn jujitsu. I can, you know, do all these things that we haven't seen yet in film. So it's gonna be cool. No, 100%, 100%. And and honestly, I it is iconic. And for you to be kind of like marking these steps forward, because I don't know if you you realize that you are setting, you know, you're, you're advancing for us in this role. What uh, would you say were or was your superhero growing up? Just in general, like someone that really inspired me um, when I was growing up. And I think all of us was Selena. Um, and I think it was just because she reflected all the things that I felt like I like I was. She was so proud to be Latina. She, she sang both in English and in Spanish. You know, she, we all wish that she was here for longer, but even in the life that she lived, like she left such a huge legacy and she was so sincere in everything that she did. That's why she was so lovable. So I like just loved everything, her style, her love for fashion, her dancing, like, and then like in acting, um, I always grew up really admiring Zoe Zaldana because she was just, she was Dominican, Puerto Rican. She, 
you know, was playing a lot of these roles early on that, you know, were like in, in the world of action that were, you know, dramatic, uh, that were reflective of, of characters that you, that she, you know, could play, that she could really be in real life, but also weren't limiting her in any kind of way as an actress. Um, and I think she's definitely someone who has left, you know, who has opened up doors and cracked them open, continues to now as a producer with her sister. So, yeah, those are those are some people. Uh, Britney Spears. I love me some Britney Spears. I mean, I, I could go on for people that but just performance women. And what about your heroes in life or, or you know, mm. in your day to day? Yes, uh, very similar. Strong women. My mom. Uh, for sure. My mom is back here somewhere. She sends her love, by the way. She's with you? Uh, yeah, she's with me. Oh, she's she's so with good. me. She's going to be here for like for another week. Um, and I'm going to miss her when she's gone. But but yeah, my mama, she's uh, all of my work ethic. I learned it from her. Strong, persistent, very vision-driven woman and uh, an incredible mom. So definitely her, my older sister's. Yeah, in life, like I, I've learned from a lot of really, really strong women in my life, my grandmother. So this episode is about Latinx representation, which I couldn't have thought of a better person to be in this with me. So let's talk about how much representation there is right now in the media. In your opinion, what do you think are the biggest issues right now? We have a few, we have a few. I think we are definitely, it's no secret that there is progress to be made in a lot of areas of, of many industries um, for all minorities, but specifically as it pertains to Latin A representation in film. I think it's about, they calculated it was like 7% of top grossed films uh, in Hollywood are include lead or co-leading speaking roles for Latinos and to, to not be represented, you know, as widely as you, you would think. So one of the, the things that I, I personally think when we do finally get the, the, the chance uh, to see ourselves on screen, it is such a privilege because there's so little opportunity for movies about our stories to make it. But then we also have the burden because there's not enough of, of our stories in film, we, we hold the burden of having to represent as many people as we can in one frame. And so that can be also counterproductive because then we miss out on seeing the full breadth of, of what our culture is. And, and then we also burden some movies that maybe like have a chance with the full responsibility of, you know, breaking through years and years of a system that has, you know, kind of uh, not given enough of a chance to our stories as a whole. So I think what we what we need in general, I'm going on a little bit of a rant just off of that one question, but I, th I think in general what we need more of is more stories um, so that we don't burden each movie that we get every 10 years or five years if we're advancing with the, with, with the burden of representing everyone. It's really hard to fight those battles behind the scenes when there are not enough people on the other side of the table to bet on our stories to be told authentically and to be told in a way that 
represents truly who we are. Um, so then when we, you know, only have a few of them every decade, it, it becomes hard for them to succeed. So I think we need plurality, um, I think is the word. We need some more context as to what Latinidad is in film for the world to know, kind of like how we're seeing in music now. And we need some more people at the top to acknowledge that you need, you know, no stories about us without us. Like you need people in the room that understand what these stories are and the importance of specificity. You can't bank on like the, you know, diversity, the trendiness of diversity without putting importance on specificity because then it turns around and works against you. So yeah, I, that's the, those are a couple thoughts of, about representation. I think we're heading in the right direction. I think a lot of the, the good thing is that, you know, now, at least on one end, you know, people can have a conversation about this and it, and you know, it's, it's known. So progress is being made, but we definitely got a lot of work to do. 100%. There's a lot to be done, but we're also grateful for what has been done until now. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much to the Latin community. I feel like there's so much color, so much rhythm, so much sound, so many, so many different things that it's kind of been one of the issues I feel has been like how stuck they are on one, you know, uh, version, version of Latinidad. Exactly. So me personally, it's happened to me that I've gone to many auditions where they're looking for a Latina and, um, they tell me that I'm not Latina enough. Latina <laughs> enough. Yeah. And Which you're is like, weird. Uh. <laughs> Which is strange. I'm like, what, yep. would, what would be Latina enough? It's a moving target. It's a moving target. You know, depending on the audition, depending on the role. De- and so that whole thing is like, again, if we don't have plurality, if we don't have more than one version or more than one story to represent everyone, then we're gonna keep getting executives and, and, and casting directors that, you know, maybe out of lack of exposure or, you know, a- ignorance don't know that there's a breadth of, you know, culture and looks and sizes and accents and, uh, you know, within our, within Latinos, you know? So that's, I think, the main battle that we're that we're fighting. Yeah, and you know? and do you feel like when you've when you've seen certain um, films or well, yeah, films that include a Latin person, would you say that like has it ever happened to you that you see it and you're like, that's not one hundred percent accurate with like, right. <laughs> who we are? Like, what's yeah. what, what would you say is one of the biggest like misconceptions about our community mm-hmm. in general? represented i guess or reflected in the media for some reason we love seeing latinos in narc movies and you know and tv shows and and there's nothing wrong with it i'm the first one to watch narcos i love you know their incredible stories and historical and we can get into a world that you know is kind of a little bit of escapism and but because we don't have other stories it becomes the entryway to people Uh, discovering what Latinidad is and this is how someone who looks like this or is from this place uh, or speaks this language who could be from any other place this is how they would 
they, they would act or this is what they do or this is and you know in the same way that for me it would be difficult to to know unless you know I did my research you know the lifestyle or the customs of someone in Singapore or in Korea or in the UK where I'm at now and maybe I'll, I might have the advent of a television show like The Crown or you know to get a little bit of, of, of a taste it, it's the same way you know like if, if there's some tropes in there that don't align and that misrepresents and that claim to represent all of us then that becomes an, an issue along the way and I think we've seen enough shows of like just to follow through with this example like of, of the crown and like all, all these you know um shows that we get to dive into different worlds that we wouldn't know about otherwise to where we get to have an idea of like okay that's the royal family and this is a regular person in the uk and this is you know like you you have plurality but when it comes to latinidad in film we don't have much of that so we don't have much of that diversity yet And so I think it comes down to like a root issue of like, what are the stories that are getting enough investment and budget that people, our execs feel like will, you know, get the return. And that in the end that we all support too, that we go out of our way to, you know, put our dollar. What are, what are, the, what are the stories that we really, really, really want to see? And are they being made by Latinos that care about how far they, they, they go to you know, break a glass ceiling. So, yeah. Yeah, it's totally true. And it's, es muy fuerte pensar en eso porque there's, you know, so much of everything else and not that much of, like, yeah, our community. And we know how much there is and how much depth. Right. So that's what's the most frustrating. It's I feel the proportions. Like. Right. So if we talk about, like, Latinx film specifically, a lot of times people spend their time, you know, judging the film or like really breaking it down. And um, in all the other communities, this is obviously all things that I feel, <laughs> not not giving facts, but in, in other communities, I feel like they, you know, everyone kind of like celebrates each other and Rallies gets together. Around. Right. And yeah. um, we don't see that much of that in our Latinx community. So... Do you think that, like, do you see that as an issue? Like, what do you, what do you think we can do to change this, you know, and, and to, like, connect again as, as a community and, you know, come together to celebrate? Yeah, I think, I mean, it happened with our movie in the Heights. And, you know, I understood, I think we all understood, even though all of our intentions were to best represent as many of, uh, of, of, the people that live in this neighborhood, Washington Heights, as we could down to the specificity of what was on the table that we were eating, you know, and the opening sequence of seeing real life people that lived in the neighborhood and play, you know, roles. And so I understood though, that there's still not enough. And what I think it comes down to, it's a product of the same issue. What it comes, like what I was saying before, it's like, we don't get enough stories. So then we burden whatever opportunity we get with, you know, with all of the responsibility and it's still not, we're, we're still not there. And so what I think is important for us as a community, as a Latinx community to uh, acknowledge is that there's still a lot of breakthroughs that we have yet to see within film. And there's still 
a lot of room for ownership as well um, on our end of people who are willing to take the risk to make something that is contributing to the progress that we want to see for our community in film and also willing to take the risk to have stones thrown. You know, not everyone is is always willing and able to take on that responsibility of saying the path is worth paving, even if someone picks up a brick and throws it back in my direction. I know it's advancing. Personally, I, I, I always say if it weren't for John and if it weren't for Lynn and Kiara for taking a risk and making sure that this movie was made and Warner Brothers as well in the Heights, I mean, I, I wouldn't be playing Batgirl today. I would not. You know, uh, I can acknowledge that. I can acknowledge there's still a lot of work to be done in representation. I can acknowledge definitely that we still, we do not see enough Afro-Latinos, Black Latinos in film. And we need to, we, we don't see enough Latinos generally. So we, we, we have a lot of things to break down and also a lot of things to break down in terms of bias within our own community and what our own community will support. And so these are all conversations we haven't even touched. And I think that's why we can't, you know, unite yet and get there. So bringing them up is important, but I think we can bring them up while also supporting and building on the opportunities that we st- that we do have at the present moment. I think that we still, again, I agree, we still have a long way to go, but I think the path to where we all want to get to, where we're all seen and heard and our stories are validated and we're all represented in film is building off of the opportunities that we, that we have and trying to get some ownership while we do it so that way we can start to tell our own stories. Wow. It's so true and and I think it's it's crazy to like hear it directly from you and something that you experienced cuz also it's so true that you know our own community kind of like loves to to tear it apart in a way because they're not fully content. But then again, there is this movie that is representing in some way the culture, you know. So it is great. And I do think that we all have to be extremely grateful for all the like steps forward, regardless of, you know, big or small. But then also it's it's I feel like it's a it's a process that we really all have to learn together because since we are a community, it's like we're we're tearing ourselves down in a way. Down. And mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta stick together to, you know, really see the change. And I do think that you doing in the heights definitely put you also or like was a step forward for you to be in this position now and keep, you know, uh, paving the way and making these steps forward for our community. So it's it's awesome that you were able to be a part of that. I'm sure you also really enjoyed it because, you know, it's very it's very you. You got to live many sides of you. And and I think that that's beautiful. And I love that, you know, you do you do see you do appreciate it even if it had some conflict after. Um, you appreciate that it's also been a step forward to where you are now. That's awesome. Yeah, I I I really do. I also add to that to your point. You know, when you think of West Side Story, right? And you think of how much of a breakthrough that was for someone like Rita Moreno and in its day, right? You got to think of the context. So like, obviously we all know, you know, the makeup and the even the framing of the story itself is not as progressive as we would have liked to be seen or we would like to be seen, but it didn't, 
it didn't, that doesn't take away from how much of a breakthrough it was uh, for Rita and for us to have someone, you know, represent Latino talent. So it might not be the end all be all, but if we don't start somewhere, do you get what I'm saying? We, we're, we, we won't be able to to continue to advance and see what else branches off from from those opportunities. And so what I, what I do agree with in terms of like some of the complaints is that there is, you know, you have to like manage the, the favoritism and the bias within, you know, who are the people that get those very privileged opportunities? I'm, I can still acknowledge that I'm very privileged to be in the, in the position that I'm in currently though I've worked very hard, though I, I know that it's 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 definitely a, a privileged place to be in and that comes with responsibility. So those are the conversations we can have, but I, I don't think that um, we should tear down, you know, what we've been able to accomplish thus far. We should build off of it. So yeah, we can agree there, sis. We got a lot of work to do, but it's worth, the, the road is worth paving. Yes. There's a lot of work to do, but I feel like each time we're advancing more and more. And yeah. it's crazy to me how like in, in our cultures, family is so important that it's like, it's crazy that, you know, we don't see everyone else as a family to be able to like yeah. move forward in that. But yeah. I know we're improving and it's getting better and better. Yes. And um, <laughs> our, our community is so diverse and complex and it's like, we're all lumped together. What would you, how would you define, how would you define Latinx? And how, how do you identify as a Latina? Yeah, ooh, I would define Latinx, Latinidad as, you know what? The things that I love most about our culture is that we are so welcoming and we do see, you know, like what you just said, we are anybody, at least in my family, that my mom loves to like invite anybody who doesn't have a place to go, family friend or friend of a friend that doesn't have a place to go and eat or, you know, doesn't have family members nearby. They all come to our house and it's like a big thing. And no, no matter where you're from, like they're welcomed, you know? And I think that's something that we have to, we have to work on within our own community. I, I, I really, really do believe that. And I think the best, the best of us is represented when we, we demonstrate our unity, like you just said. I would say lively. I would say uh, Latinos are more than a chip dip salsa like a lot of people think that like you say latinos and a lot of people think spicy yeah 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 salsa you know and you're just like all right i'm a person you know so we have we have a lot of things that you know we have we have a lot of depth we have many more stories to tell there's intersectionality within our community these are you know, things we haven't even tapped into seeing on screen. We see it a little bit more on television, but not that much in film because of the risks, again. So the more that we can cherish our differences on film and in real life, the more that we start to acknowledge and celebrate what we do have in common. 
you know, when we do unite. So. Totalmente es así y me encanta escuchar todo esto. I, I seriously get so, um, This is such get so excited. Combo. I love it. It's so much fun. And, and something that I just really wanted to know, and I feel like everybody that's listening and watching will also want to know, which is ya moviéndonos un poquito del tema. Obviously, as an actress and a singer and as Batgirl, you, you do a lot and it's, you know, it's a lot of work. What do you think? Um, that sounds well, so funny to hear. She goes, and as Batgirl, you do a lot. Do a lot. You gotta do a lot. I mean, you're saving the world. Like, what do you, hello? Um, what, do you, what do you do? It's so funny. Because I, I need this information as well. Um, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? Like to center yourself yeah. and to push through. Yeah. Yes, such a good question. So currently in this season of my life, meditation is huge for me. Huge. Even before we started, I don't know if you want to share this. You cut it out if you don't. We, we, did, we started with one deep breath. And that to me was like, that one breath was like heaven. Breathing is everything. Breath exercises are amazing for me. I I don't really share. I'm not a big overshare, but I have shared recently a lot of my like self growth like journey and and mental health journey. And for me, therapy has been huge. Just in like assessing those things that one having a space for you to just process, right? Because you you it's not you know you you can't process everywhere of your life, especially in what we do, you know, you have to be on so much of the time um, and you have so much information coming at you from so many different directions. You may be in different places. If you're a sen highly sensitive person, you pick up a lot from other people and there are very few spaces for you to process. Most of the time you spend just trying to get some rest to get to the next day. So being able to mark off like an hour, 90 minutes, you know, every week or every two weeks for me is huge to just process with my therapist and like see my progress. And and yeah, and, and just prayer, like for me, meditation and prayer are like combined and it just brings me peace. Like at any moment that I'm like getting overwhelmed, um, I just have a conversation throughout the day, you know, with myself, with God and just take some breaths. That's those are my places to go for me. I love that. That's beautiful. And I love that each time we're all getting more and more comfortable with sharing, you know, that therapy is normal. Therapy should be, yes. should be normal and encouraged. And I love that we've been able to use this platform also for that and, and kind of like speaking so much about how, you know, mental health is so important and self-care is, is so important. How do you think What do you think we could do better as a community to like make this a priority and and how to prioritize like self-care and healing when we're not typically raised to do so because you know it's yeah. sometimes not seen as the it's been stigmatized. Best yeah. I think starting with our family members which can be hard sometimes because nobody we all be making jokes about all the you know, especially our parents about the hard times of life and you don't even know. But then when it comes down to like, I really care, like, let's talk about it. You know, it, it's hard to be vulnerable in those spaces. So, so yeah, I would say, you know, baby stepping at least in that direction, us as a whole, as, as a community, I think it's important for us to start, take those little steps wherever we can with our family members of talking about things that, that, you know, um, maybe, may, may, feel, you know, sound and feel scary at first, but are so liberating when you get into a vulnerable place 
with the people you care about. And then it becomes a habit. Sharing stories. I, I love like, listen, like something that I think our community is really is one of our superpowers is that we're also storytellers. We're storytellers. And so with my family, a lot of times the way that I get information out of her is by asking her about something like something that she did at a certain age and then she'll just go, you know? So yeah, we all just want to be seen and be heard. And stories is a really good way to, to, uh, to start to expose a lot of those things that make us feel a certain way or that we never got to process. And so, yeah, I think we can do that as a whole a lot more, start spending a little bit more time. I love that. And, and I think that, um, just being more comfortable with speaking and like knowing that it's totally okay to speak is, is the first, you know, step and kind of like adding to something that you said, I just thought of a conversation I had with one of my favorite psychologists. She's incredible. Her name is Pilar Sordo. Listen, I have to tell you about a conversation that you had with Pilar that you shared yeah. on your Instagram and I watched in completion and it blew my mind. Oh, that's awesome. I hadn't heard of, I hadn't, I just have to, since you're bringing her up, I have to let you know that it like, they, those conversations go such a long way, you know, in, in removing the stigma. And like, I was just like, oh my God, this is such a great conversation. I'm so glad that she's, she's doing this. This was like so long ago, like months ago. This was quarantine. This was, yeah, we did a, we did a section for um, this thing I was doing on, on Instagram, but that's awesome that you watched it. And I'm pretty sure I'm about to repeat one of the things that I said which is just, it stuck to my, it's something that I live by, which is... So many gems in that novel. It's incredible. She, she said that the, the last time, the only time that crying is accepted is when a baby is born. So like the baby is born and you're waiting for the baby to cry for it. And it's a sign, it's a good sign when the baby starts crying. And then we're told for the rest of our lives, every time someone starts crying, it's like, oh no, don't cry. Even though you're trying to make the other person feel better, it's usually always trying to cut the you know, crying wave because it has a wave and it has to have a time of ending. And it's the only time that we see it as like, you know, something that is accepted and okay. So I think it's awesome that each time we're like, you know, realizing how okay it is to cry and to show tears and all of our emotions. I've loved this conversation, for real. And Oh, this conversation is so good. It's we been wonderful. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. It's been wonderful with you, and for, to close, we have these like two sections that we always do. That we always do every week in each episode, because I, you know, I've been in, this doing this so for a while. This is so good. <laughs> I oh, love it. I wish I could talk to you forever. <laughs> okay, so we have two We're sections. Getting so excited in our conversation too, so it's hard not to. I love it. I love it. But that's how we are, you know. It's great. Okay, so in these two sections, for, the first one is called ni de aquí ni de allá, and it's to just uh, get to know you a little bit better. Okay, so get to know where you where you came from. And who you are. So tell us a tradition that your family has that you love, mm. that you think is amazing, and then one that may annoy you a little bit. <laughs> huh. A tradition that may annoy me a little bit. Yeah, so one that you love and one that may annoy okay. you a little bit. You know, on New Year's we do las uvas, some people bring the, las maletas, you know, like the whole shebang. And we have a bunch of people like family and family friends and all of that come to our house. Our house is like the party house. So we'll have everybody come over. But one of the ones that's not as, over the years, I'm sure I enjoyed it when I was a kid more, but over the years it's gotten more and more extravagant. And if my mom was awake right now, she would be laughing. She would be yelling at me. Is poner, poner el, arbol, el arbolito el día antes let me see. No, even before Halloween, I think. My mom like is like, the true Christmas tree has gotta be up. And if you come to my house, the Christmas tree has always, no matter where we've lived, has been immense and f like filled to the brim, like with everything that you can imagine on that Christmas tree. And so all the baby it pictures. takes like a village. <laughs> yeah, all the baby pictures. And it takes like a whole, every year it's a new theme. And like, there's like bears on it and there's like more and more stuff on it as the years go by. And the tree is like one of the like artificial trees that you like build in oh my stages gosh. and buy the last one. You have to like get up on something to put it up and you have to open the branches. Listen, when my mom says that tree is going up, we're all like, hmm, who's gonna help you? You know Dad? it's an event. <laughs> I yeah, you know it's an event. But by by the time we're in the midst of it, we're like enjoying it. And, That's my you know, favorite. Cracking up and telling stories. I think that but, might be one yeah. of my favorite traditions to do the it's tree really with my good. mom. I love it. And without yeah. a doubt, you have to put Michael Bublé while we're doing the tree. We have to yes. really just listen to Michael Bublé the whole time. I, I mean, he's an angel. He is an angel. It's amazing. Okay, and the second section, which is the last section, since this podcast was created for the Latinx community and music is such a big part of who we are. I want to know, what was the first, you have to you have to answer pretty quickly. What was the first concert you went to? Oh, Britney Spears. That's amazing. She's my hero. That's yes, so awesome. I love, I love Britney too, that's so great. My aunt, big, big really quick, my aunt, uh, who we call Titi Chanel, her name is Isabel, but we call her Titi Chanel, she was, Britney's makeup artist for a couple of her tours for some years. So my first con, she made that happen. My first concert at AAA in Miami. I think I was seven years old. Did she uh, ever do your makeup like kid friendly? But yes, she's she's the best. I love my. She still does my makeup. Since if I can get her, if 
I can snag her because uh, she's sometimes not available. But but uh, but yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed with all my glam girls. It's incredible. Okay, what song immediately brings back a memory or transports you? Oh, oh, oh man, so many. I would say, you know what I was gonna say earlier? Merengue during Christmas. There's like Christmas merengues. Yeah, you know, you know. Uh, so, and you've spent the, you spent Christmas in DR. Don't you guys always spend Christmas yep, in DR? Almost always. So it's like, you know, you know, you know, you know. So, uh, esta canción, Llego Juanita, by, uh, by, uh, Billy Casada. I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. So it yeah. transports you to like yes. Christmas time. Yes. Maravillas. Yes. What song do you have on repeat right now? I just, I'll tell you uh, what artists I have. Omar Apollo on loop. He's just great. He's a friend, friend of Ian and I's and I just, everything that he puts out is fire. Shout out to Omar. I, I actually really like this uh, part of it because I get to like hear new things and, and investigate yeah. and it's, it becomes yeah, part of and my go and discover. library. That's awesome. That was so cool. Okay, favorite song to get you pumped up? Hmm. Favorite song to get me pumped up? Like right now, you're, you know, you're training for Batgirl. What what song do you oh. put to get you pumped up? Oh, probably like some old school hip hop, like some, some NWA or like some like, there's always at the stunt, we, at the dojo, the gym that we train at every day. There's always old school 90s, 80s, 90s hip hop playing. That's really good. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. For I'm, I'm really trying to channel my sis. I'm trying so hard to, you know me. I'm trying very, very hard every day to channel my aggression. <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> I love that. It's a process. But uh, yeah, the, not, the old school hip hop gets it out. Me encanta. Genial. Okay, song to yes. set the mood. With a winky face. Song to set the mood. Song to set the mood. Ooh, Sade. Like like some smooth operator. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Yes. Okay, last question, which is, I think it's a really hard question. Are you ready? Okay. Mm, okay. I don't know. Let's see. What song title would you use to describe yourself? We're gonna go with, we're gonna go with, Oh, maybe a in, in India RE. India RE, I am light. Oh, I love, I that, love that. Good job. Yes. You are. You are, and you picked well. Let's go. We all are. Yes, girl. We all are. And honestly, I've loved having this conversation with you. You uh, lit me up. End. Thank you so oh, much. De verdad. You lit me up. And it's always a joy to see you, to see you wherever you are, whether I see you on my phone, I see you in person. You just bring, you are light. You bring, you know this already. You bring joy to everyone that you cross. So thank you so much for inviting me. This was amazing. I'm so happy we got to do this. Me too. Thank you so much for making the time. I know this episode is going to be amazing and it's going to help out so many people. Well, goodbye. Got it. Yeah, we're going to stay on. <laughs> well, goodbye. I no, love this you. This was so fun. I love you. Thank, thank you, you so much, babe. De verdad, thank mil you. gracias. This was a blast. You are incredible, and I can't wait to see and you. And what a great conversation. What an informative, like, just lush convo. You this are is so awesome. the perfect person to have on for this episode, so thank you so much. Thank can't you. wait to see you as Batgirl. Can't wait to see you, too. Ooh, I'm so excited. 
Thank Te you, quiero baby. mucho, yes. de verdad. Gracias. I love you. Thank you, babe. A huge thank you to Leslie Grace for joining me in the hot seat today. And thank you for tuning in and joining me aquí en la sala. I'm Evaluna. You can find me at Evaluna on all platforms. Listen to this show every Wednesday and make sure to follow En La Sala on Amazon Music to get early access to episodes. Besitos. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to En La Sala ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.